Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. And I actually am going to try and get through word of knowledge and discerning of spirits tonight. Because next Wednesday, I think I'd like to try, I'd like to just come together and see what happens. We'll worship and then flow in the gifts. All right, so uh, we know how to do this anyway, so, but it'll be good, good practice for us, um, and we'll make ourselves available and see what the Spirit of God does and says, amen? So the word of knowledge is what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 8 says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, that's the, we covered that last week, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. The word of knowledge, by the definition that I have here, The word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. So the word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. The word of knowledge brings revelation concerning things past or present. It is never about the future. And we know that is the word of wisdom. Okay? So the word of knowledge brings revelation concerning things past or present, past or present. It is never about the future. That is the word of wisdom. Brother Hagin said this in his book concerning spiritual gifts. He said the word of knowledge is not the gift of knowledge. So uh, a lot of times people, you'll hear people say this, well, they just have the gift of knowledge. Actually, every human has been given the opportunity to have the gift of knowledge. It's called learning. <laughs> okay? Uh, people say, well, they just know a lot about the Bible. They have the gift of knowledge. No, that God doesn't play favorites like that. Uh, everybody has the ability to get knowledge, okay? It's right here and through the teaching or the ministry of the Holy Spirit he's, as he brings revelation to you. But we have the word of knowledge is not the gift of knowledge, okay? There is no such thing as a gift of knowledge, just so you know, as far as the Bible is concerned and as far as the gifts of the Spirit are concerned. There's no such thing as a gift of knowledge. God is all knowledge. How many knows he knows everything? But he doesn't reveal everything he knows to man. I mean, your brain would short circuit. You couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle it. Amen? So he gives just a word or a part of what he knows. A word, again, is a fragmentary part of a sentence. So a word of knowledge is simply a fragmentary part of knowledge. God is all-knowing, he has all knowledge, but he doesn't impart all knowledge to us. Nor does he impart knowledge, uh, full knowledge to us in the sense of what we sometimes think as far as knowledge. He imparts a word of knowledge to us, just that part which he wants us to know. Okay, so this, this gift is not natural knowledge, it is supernatural revelation from the Spirit of God. Okay, this is supernatural revelation from the Spirit of God, and it concerns what? Things present and things what? Past. Okay, so the word of knowledge present, uh, concerns things present and things past. This gift can be manifested through visions. We see an example of the manifestation of the word of knowledge through a vision when John wrote that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and Jesus appeared to him in a vision. In this vision, Jesus revealed to John the condition of the seven churches in Asia Minor as recorded in the book of Revelation. 
Although there is a prophetic message for us today in this revelation, these seven churches actually existed at that time in Asia Minor. John, meanwhile, was exiled to the Isle of Patmos. He couldn't possibly have known what was going on in these cities or churches, but Jesus revealed their spiritual condition to him. That was what? A word of knowledge. Because it was things present, and then if it, it was concerning something past, it would be something in the past, okay? Have you ever been in a service and a minister, especially if you're in a spirit-filled environment, you ha a minister gets up and says, I sense maybe somebody was here and you were, you know, you, you were married and your spouse was tragically killed or something in their past took place, and that is a word of knowledge, and then the minister usually will have somebody raise their hand or something like that, and they'll call them forth and begin to minister to them by the Spirit of God. That's a word of knowledge. Now, we know that all the gifts of the Spirit are forgiven, are given for the profit of all. They're given for profiting. That's why they're here in the church. So I want to reiterate this uh, concerning uh, the Word of God and concerning thinking about these things as far as the gift of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. If if ministries or churches don't allow the Spirit of God or the Spirit of God's, the gifts of the Spirit in operation, you're actually taking away potential profit to the body of Christ. Okay? Now, sometimes people will, you know, they'll play mind games and all sorts of things to get, a, get away from not having to believe the truth of the Word. But the actual truth is, is that these gifts are specifically for the profit of the church and they need to be in manifestation. Let's go back to Acts chapter 9. And uh, we're going to look at Ananias and Paul again here and see the word of knowledge. We looked a little bit at it uh, last week. I kind of bounced around it and hit it a little bit, but I want to hit it again tonight. So Acts chapter 9, verse number 10. Now there was a certain disciple. Notice it was not an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. So the gifts of the Spirit are not relegated just to the fivefold ministry gifts. Now, I'll just say this. For those of you that are part of the church, you've been part of the church for years, you've been spirit-filled, you understand what we're talking about to a degree. If you're not open to these things, you won't be bothered with them. You know God's that way. Now, I'm not saying he won't work with you if you get open, if you start to open yourself up to them. What I am saying is, is if you read these things and you think, yeah, that's probably not for me. It's basically like, uh, the Lord standing at the door of your life and you say, nope, and you shut the door. Now, I'm not saying you rejected the Lord. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not even saying you're not spirit-filled. But you have to be open to the gifts of the Spirit in order for the gifts of the Spirit to actually operate. How many know this, that God is not uh, the great and awesome takeover and make you do what you're supposed to? If he was, there'd be more people at church tonight. Not that I'm sad about how many people are here, okay? So I don't even think that. If he was, he, there would. There would be people doing things, uh, not doing things, and doing things they should. Not doing some things and doing more things they should. And God's not even mad about it. Did you know that? It, everything in life has a built-in consequence. I know you hear the word consequence and you think bad. I didn't say that. I said everything has a built-in consequence. In other words, everything has a seed, a time, and a harvest. Amen? So if you don't like Russian sage, stop planting it. <laughs> we have enough. 
You know what I mean? If you don't like, come on, pick it. You know, this, <laughs> if you don't like bitterness, don't plant it. Just stop, you know. And so when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, it's the same way. We have to cooperate with the Lord. He's not going to make us do anything, amen? So Acts chapter 9, a certain disciple. So disciples, how many disciples do we have? Okay, that means you should be open to the Spirit of God speaking to you, including in visions, as the Spirit wills, okay? I'm not talking about weird things here. I'm not talking about, uh, I did a Bible study Monday night with uh, Mark McManus at uh, PAR, and we were talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and we were just kind of bouncing off each other. He wanted to do a live stream. It was great. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we support Mark out of the church and par and stuff, and it was good. And uh, we were talking about different things, but he actually brought up something I didn't even think about. But he's ministering to people that are, a lot, uh, because of the addiction background of things and stuff like that, that they're involved with, involved with there, there's a lot of cult activity that goes on in those things. So he even brought up the idea of like astro projecting and all of these different things. In other words, taking spirit trips. So I'm not talking about that we can just jump over into visions whenever we want. Okay, this is as the Spirit of God wills. Now we need to be open to the Spirit of God. Uh, I know I was talking to Pete before the service and he mentioned a couple of things to me. Do you know there are times where the scripture says that Jesus knew the thoughts of those that were around him? That is not Jesus becoming a mind reader. But how many know there are mind readers? Come on. All right, let me give you a scripture just to add to the fun. This is why we need to know the word of God, okay? Because there are, there's an operation in the earth of two spiritual realms, God's, Satan's, okay? Now, they're functioning in the same spirit realm, but it's two different drives, two different forces, two different leadings or... Uh, uh, um, uh, what would you call it? It's almost, I'll say it like this. There are two different doctrines. Okay? One is Satan's and one is the Lord's. One is darkness, one is light. Now, what did Paul have following him around at one point? A lady who was a fortune teller. Okay? Now, here's what's interesting about that. She was following them saying, these men are preachers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are proclaiming the way of salvation. And yet Paul cast a devil out of her. I mean the deliverance went so well they put him in prison. I know. He probably thought this is really going to rocket my ministry. You know I just need one good miracle. And then I'll be on TV. I'll sell books. It'll be perfect. I love to just hack that thought. <laughs> Because the Lord does it to me. You know what I'm reading? He's like, see, there it is right there. I'm like, oh, yeah. Paul casts the devil. But she, was she speaking? Technically, was she speaking a lie? They were preaching the truth. But who wants the devil preaching for you? I mean, who, how do, you don't want your promoter to be Satan. And she's in bondage. She needs freedom. And you know why Paul was put in prison, right? Not because she got set free. When they realized they couldn't make money. Why do you think the church gets attacked today? 
Oh, you guys, you just don't want abortion. You don't want it. Because they're making off the death of someone else. That's that spirit. So, but was she fortune-telling, mind-reading? But yet God, Jesus, knew the thoughts of people. But we got to know what spirit we're of and be in right relationship with the Lord. And it's not as hard as you think. You know, sometimes people think demons are like floating around and one day you could just, bam, get one. No, that's not how it works. You have to open yourself up to it. I don't open myself up to demons. I open myself up to Jesus. How many know that when I got born again, there's not like devils hanging out with Jesus in my heart? It ain't happening. So I open myself all the way up to Jesus, and that's how you, that's the inroad to clarity in the Spirit. And I like to call the Word of God the anchor to the seas of the Spirit in my life. So I kind of picture myself, this isn't a vision from God. This is just my own weird imagination, okay? I picture myself in a ship floating in the seas of the Spirit with the Spirit of God there with me, but I have this anchor, and when I don't know anything or the storms get rough in the Spirit or I, I feel like I don't understand something, I just grab the anchor and throw it over, and I sit right there, and the Word holds me, until I know what to do. Does that make sense? That's just how I, you know, I don't know that I could give you chapter and verse for that. But this is my firm foundation. So everything else is sand. Have you ever tried to build something on sand? No. You've got, if you're going to build around sand, you've got to bore down and find bedrock. Right? This is bedrock. This is bedrock. And so when it comes to the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the operation of the Spirit in your life, don't let fear in. Don't let fear in. I got three points. Don't let fear in. <laughs> and a fourth. Don't let fear in. And say, Lord, I'm open to you only. Devil, take a hike in Jesus' name. And people say, well, that's not scriptural. Actually, the scripture says, I can resist him and he has to flee. So that's taking a hike. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we have the spirit of Christ within us, which means the Holy Spirit is in tune. We're on the same wavelength in our spirit as the Holy Spirit is. The exact same wavelength. And so we can hear from him and know from him. And God is not a, you tried it once and I give up on you because you failed. Do you know how many times I've failed? You do? <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm sorry. I'm teasing. That's so mean of me. You'll get your chance to get me back. I know. I get, yeah, I shouldn't sow that because I, I just know Rayson's going to get me one of these times too. Because I had him, he, I told him he couldn't raise his hand. Darn it. <laughs> Uh, I was raised mostly right. <laughs> I blame my dad. All right, okay, anyway. And my grandpa. No, yeah, it's... <laughs> I totally forgot my thought. I mean, I was... Oh, mistakes. You know how many mistakes I've made? Yeah, I mean, and I know you're agreeing with me. I've made so many mistakes 
But, you know, the Lord doesn't, re- he doesn't just sit and remind me of those. So when the gifts of the Spirit, he doesn't go, oh, you tried it once and you failed. We do that, and then the devil, we start beating ourselves up, and then the devil goes, that hammer's not big enough. Here's a bigger one. And before we know it, we're not even saved anymore. And God's in heaven going, I did a better job than that with Jesus. You know, you make one mistake, and the devil tells you you're going to hell along with the religious leaders. And Jesus is like, what price did I pay? My salvation was that weak? Right? So when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, it's the same way. We're in that, we're growing, we're developing. I mean, I I love what Brother Hagin used to say to us. Take God seriously, but not yourself. You know, Andrew Womack says, you know, I haven't arrived, but at least I left. (laughs) Right? I mean, how many are still growing? If you're not all raising your hands, you need to repent. (laughs) You're still growing. I know, I made like 10 minutes. Stop counting them. God's not. He's not counting them. Isn't that awesome? He's just not counting them. He looks at you and goes, they're righteous. And I'm not saying he won't correct you, but he's not relating to you based on your performance, right? He's relating you based on Jesus' performance. I'll read you a verse at the end that will really bless you. Okay, so Acts chapter 9, in a vision we see the word of knowledge, right? We see it right here. And Ananias, the Lord said to Ananias in a vision, he said, and the Lord, and how many know when the Lord appears to you in a vision, you say, here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And here the Lord gave Saul a vision, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Now, how many know this? God didn't make Ananias or Saul blind. You say, What blinded him? The glory of the Lord. You say, the glory of the Lord causes blindness. No, your natural eyes can't handle it at that level. He wasn't blinded like he, like God gave him blindness. It just, it's such a, it was such a bright light that it just, and so the Lord's like, okay, we got to get that fixed. So he, he had Ananias go, and it was the first LASIK surgery that has ever taken place. Okay. So the word of knowledge manifests in a vision. Ananias received information about Paul's present situation, the address he was staying at and the person's house where he was staying. Now let me say this. The gifts of the Spirit are not for our entertainment. I get tired of this because people are. There would be people today, going back to the the fortune-telling woman, that was following Paul. There are people today that are so not sensitive to the spirit of God and don't and play with all sorts of demonic things that they would call that God. Do you know the, that the enemy has a counterfeit for everything? And we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of that, but we do need to know this. How do you how do counterfeiters identify counterfeit bills? They don't study counterfeit bills. They study the real thing, and they can spot a counterfeit just like that. What's interesting about that spirit, 
that is mentioned in the Greek concerning the, the woman that was following Paul is it's actually called a python spirit. Isn't that interesting? In other words, it's, it's, it has its derivative as a serpent. So where did it come from? Right? So we see here the word of knowledge in operation. So we got to realize there's two sides, but when we're anchored here and have the Spirit of God in us, we're in a good place. Even though Paul here receives ministry by the Holy Spirit through another member of the body of Christ, notice that it is fragmentary. This minister, Ananias, this disciple, didn't tell everything, Paul, everything that he needed to know. He didn't tell him every little decision that he needed to make. It's fragmentary. It is meant to give general direction that Paul can take before the Lord and pray out the details concerning. I will say this. The gifts of the Spirit are not, are not a replacement for personal fellowship. They're not a replacement. So I know people, and, I, and I've known people like this um, through the years, that they just chase a, pro a prophetic voice everywhere they go. Constantly looking for a word. Constantly looking for a word. Constantly looking for a word. I would tell you this. Go after the Lord. Be where he tells you to be. And if a word is needed, it will show up where you're supposed to be. Amen. Okay? It'll show up where you are. If you're following the Lord, the word will show up. In every situation in our life where a word's been given to us, as long as we were where the Lord told us to be, it showed up. But I didn't go, I've not gone to meetings. I don't, I mean, you're looking for answers from the word of God, but I never went and go, Lord, you have to give me such and such a vision, otherwise I'm not going to do this. I've never done that. Now the Lord knows each individual child where they're at. So he knows what's needed. Amen? And so there's powerful testimonies in this. But again, I want to I I bring this other side in here with this side of truth. That these are the gifts of the Spirit and they are right and they're good. But hey, we have a personal relationship with the Lord here too. And you can seek God. And you say, well, I don't pray the way you pray. Good, pray the way you pray. God knows Chinese he knows Japanese, he knows Spanish, he knows English. Come on. He knows every African dialect there is. He's super smart. Come on. Right? What are the language things that you can buy? The uh, something stone? Rosetta stone, yeah. God's the original Rosetta stone. He knows every language. He knows hillbilly. You know, Billy Bob got born again. He prayed. He said, Lord, be all right if I get saved? The Lord said, you betcha. <laughs> okay? He knows it all. People say, I don't know Greek. You don't need to. You need to have faith, and God will speak to you. God's wonderful. He'll speak to you about construction if you work construction. He'll show you how to do things. I'm not talking about just building a house. He'll give you construction illustrations. 
We were, uh, we, for uh, about a year and a half, a year, almost two years maybe, we went to Zoe Bible Church after we were done uh, at Freedom Church um, being the youth pastors. And so we attended Zoe. And Pastor Scott is uh, Kikober. He knows mechanics. I know nothing about mechanics. But he would get up and, and minister, and he would give an example using something with like fixing a part of a vehicle or something like that. And I know nothing about mechanics, but it made perfect sense to me. You know why? Because he's really good with mechanics. And so then the Lord would speak to him that way. He would translate, bring that forward, and it was something that he understood, and it would register with me. This is word of knowledge in action. Because it wasn't a direct chapter and verse. And it just came out in the service while he was ministering. Do you know the prophetic happens all the time in preaching? If you'll listen for it. It's not always, okay, Tim, come up, give us a drum solo, and then I'll give the word. Sometimes it needs to be that way. Sorry, bass solo. Stephen, I I meant bass solo. (laughs) It isn't always, thus saith the Lord. It can be. Or it can be as simple as something like, you know, be careful about who you're hanging out with. Really, Sean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I had the Lord prophesy to me through a Netflix documentary on the Navy SEALs and Hell Week. You know what hell week is? It's a week of hell <laughs> for the Navy SEALs. And they, how many have ever watched what they go through in the boot camps and stuff? Oh, my goodness. I mean, those guys literally think they're dying. Like physically, they think they're dying. And there's one guy's running down the beach, you know, he's like, uh, uh, and they have, a, of course, they have a doctor there and all that stuff. And, and this guy's running up next to him. He's like, man, I don't think I can. I think I'm dying. He goes, come here. And he checks his pulse and everything. You're fine. Keep running. But they want them to tap out. That's what hell week is. They deprive them of sleep. They deprive them of food. I mean, severely. And they put them through just crazy training. And I'm watching this. And I start crying. It's a good thing none of, the, uh, none of the Navy SEALs were in the room with me. They'd have been, come on, pumpkin. Let's go, big boy. What are you crying for? Can't make it? Can't even watch it without crying. You know? And I'm crying, and I'm like, what is wrong with me? You know, I was... <laughs> and the Lord spoke to me. I had... We had worked a particular length of time in ministry, and it was, it tried us down to our core. You know, you feel like you're dying, you know? And, uh, and the Lord said to me, he said, you went through that in the spirit, Sean, and you graduated. And I went, oh, that's why I'm crying, because it's graduation day. <laughs> that was a word of knowledge. In my life. I knew I was called to preach because I'd dream about it when I was first saved. Guys, I was not ready or qualified to preach when I was first saved. But I was anointed to do it. I mean, I'm a little more qualified now. But I still. If the Lord waited for us to be mature enough to use us to 
minister? None of us would ever minister. So just get in. Be open. Okay? Acts chapter 10. I want to point this out. We do not see Paul later in his ministry trying to seek out Ananias for more direction concerning his ministry and life. Just be careful about that. Just be careful about it, okay? Especially like going to people and just trying to... I know there's genuine here, but I'm, I'm dealing with the false side of things right now. And it's not always uh, that it's a demon spirit. There's people that prophesy out of their own heart. Especially if you go to people that know a lot about your situation. I'm just warning you, letting you know in advance. Be careful. I'm not saying they can't speak to you by the Lord. I'm saying test it. Because they could just be speaking out of the information that they know and their opinion and, and labeling it, putting a, a, a stamp on it. This is a gift of the Spirit. So you've got to be careful with that. Acts chapter 10, verse number 9. It says this, And the next day, as they were as on their journey, uh, as they went on their journey, and drew near to the city, Peter went up to the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they, see, Peter was so spiritual, he stopped praying to go eat. <laughs> Some of you are like, I feel condemned if I... <laughs> Here Peter stops to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a... What? See, I told you trances were in the Bible. Okay? Trance, we talked about that last week, and saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending from heaven and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And the voice spoke to him again a second time, what God has cleansed, he says, you must not call common. This was done how many times? Three times. So this was the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. And the object, object was taken up into heaven again. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, watch this, the spirit, what? Said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. What is that? A word of knowledge. Does he know they're down there? No. We know from the narrative that they were there, but he didn't know that. The spirit of God witnessed to him. That's a word of knowledge. The Lord said to him, arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So that's a word of knowledge and operation. Amen? It's the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Another place you could read on the word of knowledge is John chapter 4, verse 5 through 17. How many know about the story of the woman at the well? Jesus knew what about her? That she had been married five times and living with a guy who was not her husband. Everybody pat yourself on your back. You're doing pretty good. In other words, my point is, God doesn't, he's not going around going, oh, they did it right. I'm going to go minister to them. He doesn't, he's not it. He's looking for faith. Amen? 
All right. So we need to be aware of that concerning the word of knowledge. All right. Let's look at the discerning of spirits. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 10. Another, the scripture says, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, what? Discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Remember, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits are the revelation gifts. They reveal something, okay? Everything, Brother Hagin said this, everything within the realm of knowledge, facts, events, purpose, motive, origin, destiny, human, divine, or satanic, natural or supernatural, past, present, or future, comes within the focal range of these three gifts. They include in their comprehensive scope all that God knows. And there is nothing God knows that may not be made known to man as the Spirit wills through the agency of one or more of these three gifts. So the discerning of spirits is the discerning of spirits is a gift that gives insight into the spirit world. The discerning of spirits is a gift that gives insight into the spirit world. The discerning of spirits gives us insight into the spirit world. It actually has a more limited range than the other two revelation gifts because it is revelation, its revelation is limited to a single class or objects, spirits. Discerning of what? Spirits. Revelations that the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge bring are broader and apply to people, places, things, whereas the discerning of spirits gives supernatural insight into the only the realm of spirits. Let me say right here that it is not discerning of devils. It is not discerning of devils. It is discerning of what? Spirits. How many spirits are there? Okay? Not discerning of devils. It, nor is it the discerning of evil spirits. It's the discerning of spirits. To say that the discerning of spirits has to do only with devils is misleading. It is supernatural insight into the realm of spirits, both good and bad. The discerning of evil spirits is included. But too many people have thought discerning of evil spirits is all the gift refers to. And so they have been misled. Exodus chapter 33 verse number 20. It says this. But he said, you cannot see my face. This is the Lord and Moses. For no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, here is a place by me. And you shall stand on the rock. So it shall be. Verse number 22, while my glory passes by that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand while I pass by. Verse 23, then I will take away my hand and you shall see my what? Back, but you shall not see my face. My face shall not be seen. What is, he, what is that a gift of? The discerning of what? God is a discerning of spirits. How would you like to see God's back? I mean, beats his face, you'd be dead. Right? <laughs> yeah, you'd be in heaven. Well, there's, there's a lot of ways we could argue this, Ryan. <laughs> I'm game to do it after the service if you want to. <laughs> but I mean, he, he saw his back. So Moses knows what God's back looks like. And God is a spirit, right? So what took place in that moment, God 
open Moses' eyes to look into the spirit realm. Come on. How many are game for this? If you're not, I'll take yours. I don't care. I don't care if I see the face. I'll leave. You know what I mean? Discerning of spirits. This is real. You say, do we have to know this? Why the activity is going on and getting greater in America anyway? All the other countries were smart enough not to evolution this stuff away. Or religious spirited away. Well, we're, we're the, <laughs> there's a whole sections of the body of Christ. All they believe in is the helmet of salvation. They're in the spirit, buck naked, but they got a helmet on. <laughs> Sorry, maybe that's not the right way to. Anyway, you got the picture. All right. The enemy's looking at them laughing. And they got a helmet on going, charge. I'm smart. I know things. And totally ignore the spirit. I went to Bible college to learn that. All right, so <laughs> seeing into the spirit world is seeing into what is unseen to the natural eye. That's what it is. This is an example Moses of, uh, here of Moses seeing into the spirit realm. He was able to see the similitude or the likeness of God. All through the word of God, we encounter people who in visions have been able to see the similitude of God. They didn't see God. They saw the likeness of God. As he was revealed, they were seeing into the spirit world. For example, Isaiah said, in the, year of King Uzziah, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord, what? Sitting upon a throne. Come on. This is the God we... He is not some cosmic mist. This is not Peter Pan. Come on. This is not Neverland. Heaven is a real place it is it has measurements it's been measured by men that lived naturally and they wrote it they went there in the spirit and came back and wrote it down there is a literal throne and he sits on it the bible actually says that the, the, the firmament, the sky, the universe is like a curtain. And God sits right behind it. See, we look out there and we got, you know, we got these telescopes. We look out there. <laughs> there are so many galaxies. And I always find it super amusing. I've watched uh, movies about how they're like, we could live, we can't live on Mars but we could live in the atmosphere of Mars in like these super spacey advanced hot air balloons in colonies. And I always think, why? If we destroy this planet, why don't we just live in hot air balloons here? Why do we got to go all the way out there? And I'm not even a rocket scientist. But I am a logic scientist. And it just makes more sense. The thing is, is though all those people are declaring by doing that, that they believe in God. Because why do you think there's a desire to go there? 
See, if Adam hadn't ascended, and this is not doctrine, okay? I believe we'd been hopping planets, populating and developing on each one. I know, that's a little bit, that's, that's hard when your mind's been renewed to from the goo to the zoo to you. But that's how God operates. See, this is kingdom. This is about, I'll just put it to you like this. Mary, I'll just put it to you like this. <laughs> Wherever the sole of our foot treads, and, God, and Christ has already conquered everything we see in the natural and everything we see in the spiritual, which means it's just a matter of time before we're doing it all. People say, well, I wonder what, you know, is sad. We're going to know things in Christ's kingdom about the planets, and the scientists of our day are going to go, if they get saved. <laughs> I hope they get saved. Anyway, the ones that are saved and that are going to be saved, that God, the Lord's going to reveal to them what those planets are for. And they're going to go, oh, that's what it's for. And, he's going to, he's, and the Lord's going to say, yeah, your whole hot air balloon idea, I don't like that. And neither does Sean. And I'll go, yeah, I don't like that one. <laughs> you know, I'm not looking to be, I just want to hang out with Jesus. I don't need to be a major deal in heaven. It doesn't matter to me. I just, you know, I'll be the gardener. doesn't bother me. I'm in heaven. And there's no weeds there, so it's got to be an easy job. All right. Revel Revelation chapter 1. <laughs> Discerning of spirits. Verse 10. John says this, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice, as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. And what you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. To, the, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned around, I saw seven golden lampstands. He turned around to look at a voice and what did he see? This is a discernment in the spirit. And in the midst of the seven lampstands was one like what? The son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a what? I wonder what purity gold it is. I mean, you think you're impressed with your gold ring. God wears a gold band. That's impressive. But you know, when you're the man, you're the man. You know, people think, that people think the devil has perfected bling. Wrong. God knows bling on a level that we have no clue about. God is, God has, have you ever, see, I, sometimes I accidentally see these stupid videos on Facebook of some rapper in the world or something, and they're, they're, they're walking around doing this live feed of their place, and, you know, they're, they're, uh, uh, I don't know why you would do what they do, but they're showing like all these watches they have. This one guy had like five watches. I don't even remember his name, but he was very skittled colored in his hair and everything. I mean, every color in his head, you know, and he was, he was talking about, and he's showing these watches, right? Each of them was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
or 150,000 or so, each watch. And he's got them on a chain. And then he, he, uh, he goes to a, like a, I, I guess it's maybe a, it looks like a Lamborghini, but I, they all kind of look like that, some of them now. So it's kind of that style of car, okay? And the engine's in the back, so the trunk is in the front. The only vehicle I've ever been around or driven that had a trunk in the front was a bug. <laughs> okay, anyway. So I'm moving up in the world. So anyway, he opens this, the, it's not the trunk. The what? Frunk? Is that, it's a bonnet? Anyway. And he's got stacks of $100 Bill, I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in his bonnet. <laughs> or frunk. <laughs> and he's, you know, showing all this stuff. And God is in heaven going, I got gold streets. You think you're rich. You put pearls on, I make gates out of them. People say, well, we got this, you know, you see this stone that's the most carat, diamond, whatever, you know. And God's like, that's cool. You should see my foundation. He builds, he could, why? The most precious thing in heaven isn't money. It's you and me. It's people. You're the valuable thing. If God really wanted to, he could have said, if you'll come serve me, I'll give you Pluto. He could have. But he's like, that's not good enough for the people. I'm going to give my own life. Come on, you need to sleep with that in your head. You need to dream about it. Your faith will go so much higher. You think, well, I just want to live better. You'll live better if you know how much he loves you. You'll, do, you'll be more holy on accident than you have ever been on purpose. Because you know you're secure. That's a word of wisdom. His head, I love this. He had a gold band around his chest. His head and hair were white like wool. As white as snow. And his eyes... I mean, you thought Thor was cool. That's just a knockoff. I mean, nobody can even swing at God and put a mark. He doesn't have to fight anymore or didn't have to. The only reason he had to fight was because of us, because we messed it up. He wouldn't even have to. He just looks, he can look at the demonic and go, dissolve. He's the greatest soldier. In the Old Testament, it says the angel of the Lord killed how many hundreds of thousands? 184,000 people in one shot. You've never met a sniper like that. It's true. That's just who he is. You say, what is this? It's a word of knowledge. It's discerning of spirits. It's word of wisdom. It's prophetic. It's seeing into the spirit realm. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had 
In his right hand the seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. See? Slain in the spirit. That's it right there. People go, oh no, people don't fall out under the power. <laughs> it gets strong enough, you will. I'm telling you, on Sunday when the spirit of God went through here like a tornado during worship, some people are standing around going, what? What's going on? And they need to, like, dust off their spiritual antenna. You know what I mean? I had multiple people come up to me and go, yeah, we were standing there in our chair trying to, we were laughing and crying and trying to stand up. Because if the Spirit of God comes in strong enough, the Scripture says in the Old Testament that the glory cloud rolled in on the old covenant priests and they could not stand to minister. God comes in strong enough? Come on. How many of you don't have to you don't have to stand up and go, God's here? <laughs> I had a gentleman, a young gentleman, come up to me. He got saved a couple of months ago. He came up to me afterwards. He couldn't even talk. He grabbed my hand and started shaking my hand. And I thought, okay, that's probably a long enough shake, you know, because he held on. And so I went to let go, and I'm realizing he's not letting go. So I'm not letting go. You know, because I was raised by my grandpa. You hang on until it's over. Even if you're getting crushed. And I'm not as young as I used to be. And I don't wear drywall anymore, so, you know, it's not as strong as it used to be. And I'm hanging on, and he couldn't even talk. He was weeping. And then he, that, a handshake was not enough anymore. He grabbed me and started squeezing me. And I'm like, there's no point in me trying to muscle this guy. Because he's going to beat me up anyway. Not that it hurt, but you know what I mean. So I just, we hugged it out, man. But his he looked at me and said, thank you. I didn't do it. Actually, we're all here. Come on, the Spirit of God's moving. No one person can take credit. There's 15 to 20 people that meet here every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and pray. And they're faith people. We don't pray like, oh, God, please, please show up. We, play. we pray, Lord, you did it all. Let's release it in the name of Jesus. And that's how we do. Because we're not waiting for a move of God. God moved. So we move with him. It's done. His spirit is moving. And I'm over time. Let me give you a couple more thoughts here. Uh, Revelation 1-4 is a discerning of spirits. You can look at that later. Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 18 is a discerning of spirits. I'll read this concerning Revelation 1. John, in his vision on the Isle of Patmos, saw the Holy Spirit as seven spirits before the throne of God. That simply meant that John was seeing into the spirit realm and seeing seven aspects of the Spirit of God. All such vision would be a manifestation of the gift of discerning of spirits. A vision might bring with it a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, but the vision itself would be the gift of discerning of spirits in operation because that person would at that time be seeing into the spirit world. To discern means to see, so a person is discerning or seeing in the, in the realm of spirits. And in the spirit world, there are both divine spirits and evil spirits. Discerning of spirits also means... The discerning of cherubim, which is a type of angel, seraphim, another type of angel, archangels, 
the host of angels or the discerning of Satan and his legions. It also refers to discerning of the human spirit with its good or evil tendencies. You know, you see. Uh, Terry said to me, we went out to eat uh, for Mother's Day afterwards, and Terry said to me that he saw uh, angels, golden angels on either side up here. Is that correct? And uh, then Grammy said, well, that's the, the cherubim that are over the mercy seat. Isn't that interesting? And people say, well, I want to see that. You can if you're open and the Spirit of God lets you. I will say this concerning seeing things in the Spirit. Just grow in the Lord. Don't, don't, don't squint. <laughs> you know how people do. You know, they sit in a chair where somebody else sat with a glitter shirt and they get glitter on them and they think that the glory manifested. You say the glory can't manifest as, you know, you know uh, there was a season there and it, it kind of started, I think, in Reading. Maybe it didn't, but it was popularized there where there would be manifestation of gold dust and things like that or feathers. And people say, people say, well, that's not God. You're wrong. It very easily could be God. But I will not chase that and nor will I feel less spiritual if it doesn't happen to me. The problem comes when you start trying to find pieces of the ark. You say, what do you mean by that? You start worshiping and looking to prove the Bible because you found skeletons of the Nephilim. Now half the crowd just went, what are the Nephilim? <laughs> Guess you have to study your Bible to find out. <laughs> I'll just put it to you like this. David killed one of them. His name was Goliath. The Nephilim were the giants. Or whatever. You begin to worship things that you shouldn't. The gifts of the Spirit are not meant to be worshipped. They're meant to bring glory to the one. People say, well, the Holy Spirit went around and, 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 and he just talked about himself the whole time. I doubt it. The Scripture says he's here to glorify Jesus. I think he'll just talk about Jesus. You know the Holy Spirit is not the third person of the Godhead with massive insecurity problems? I had a person tell me one time, this was at another church. I got to stop. Okay. So I was at another, and there was, these, there was these prayers that had spread around the church that they saw the Holy Spirit and he had blue eyes. What about all the brown-eyed people? Are they now left out? <laughs> what about all the green-eyed or hazel? I mean, no. This is not what the Holy Spirit... The Holy Spirit is not revealing oddball things that don't do anything for anybody. They're not... He's not. You made it up in your mind. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. Someone has said that the best way to find out what something is is to find out what it is not. <clears throat> So let's look at some things the gift of the discerning of spirits is not. I have to hit this before we close, but this will be it. First, discerning of spirits is not discernment. It's discerning of spirits, not discernment. Everybody has a level of discernment in them by the Holy Spirit, but that's not the discerning of spirits. 
People say, I have the gift of discernment. Actually, there is no such gift mentioned in the Bible. The Bible calls, the gift of discern, of, calls it the gift of discerning of spirits. Many times what people call the gift of discernment really uh, is really, uh, it really fits in the word of knowledge as far as operation. You know something about somebody, okay? People know things by the Spirit of God and mistakenly call it the gift of discernment. Discerning of spirits is not a kind of mind reading, nor is it psychological insight, mental penetration, or the power to discern the faults in others. For this is fault finding. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not showing you everything wrong with your spouse. He's trying to blind you to it. So you'll pray. And walk in. <laughs> I don't know which way that was going, but I agree with you, brother. <laughs> I have noticed <laughs> that the gift of fault finding is not only possessed by believers, but by unbelievers as well. You don't even have to be converted to get that gift. <laughs> However, this gift is forbidden in the scriptures. Judge not that you be not judged. One purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is to destroy this critical attitude and to replace it with the sweet attitude of, a gentle, of gentle forbearance. The gift of discerning of spirits is not the gift of fault finding. If those who think they have this gift would just turn it on themselves for a few minutes, they would never again use it. The gift of discerning of spirits is not discerning of character or faults. It is not discerning of people. It is the discerning of spirits. The Christian should walk in love, for love covers a multitude of sins. Paul said, and be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. The noted English Bible teacher Howard Carter, wrote, Howard Carter wrote in Questions and Answers on Spiritual Gifts, which I would recommend any book by Howard Carter if you can find them. The word of knowledge gives one a revelation of anything that can be classified as existing or having existed. So the fact of a spirit possessing a body could be revealed by this gift. But the one so informed would have no vision of the spirit. He would not discern it. So that would be a word of knowledge. By the discerning of spirits, we see beyond the sphere for which we have been created since we are natural beings. It is only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit that we can perceive the beings that live in the spirit world. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com. 